Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Rock Hunters was recorded before the passing of David Crosby. Hello, Gary. Hello, Guy. So the first UK singer-songwriter female to have international success. Yes. Uh, she's, she's actually, uh, she kicked down a lot of doors, didn't she? Yep. Not, yep. not I, mean, I don't mean in a sort of the rock and roll sense. Um, but, but also, I mean, but she's also, a trailblazer, a trailblazer, I think. 50 years in music, 50 years yeah. in music. And I don't think I kind of appreciated that, you know, that that, that first album was 1972 with Gus Dudgeon. That's right, and it was Gus Dutch, and then on to then. But I bought, I bought the Joan Armour trading album. Oh, what a sorry spoiler alert! Um, <laughs> I bought that album. You know, when I, when I was fourteen, fifteen, and I wasn't really buying those sort of records. Because you remember the first time you heard Love and Affection, right? Yeah, of course. Actually, I, I do. Mean, it was so powerful on the radio. I was in a pub in Potter's Bar, and I just. Um, been rehearsing with what eventually became Spandau Ballet, right? So this is late 1976, I think. Anyway, I mean, I remember going to the pub after school. How naughty is that? 16 years old. And and that track came You've been going on, for two years, though, hadn't you? That, we all had. That track, yeah, came on the uh, jukebox, as it were. And, uh, yeah, no, I think you everyone just sort of stood still and listened because yeah. it, was, it was so affecting. Guy, there um, are horses behind you. There are horses behind me. I'm still on this fabulous tour with Georgia Bing, my missus, uh, going around primary schools in the north of England with her talking about her new book and encouraging kids to be creative and write and also to teach them about, you know, how plant-based eating is the future for all of us if you want to save the planet. Um, and, yeah, we're staying with some friends of her mum's who are who on a stud. So there are 60 horses in the grounds around me all being trained. <laughs> You're like Jack Hargreaves, aren't you? you know? is that Jack, like, rock on Tours, which is basically Jack Hargreaves and Bill Frindle. I know. I know. Actually, I think that's the second or third time Jack's been mentioned on this show. You see this. <laughs> how? Yeah. How? How? I tell you how. We're going to get Joan Armour trading on. Let's get her on. Welcome to the Rock on Tours. Okay, guys, I'm ready. But it's a big tune for sure. I actually wrote that originally for Tina Turner. Of course, I had gone and found Joni Mitchell down in Florida and brought her back. I've listened to a few of them and they've been really good, man. I'm sitting in the back of the car coming into London. They're brilliant. Thank you guys for still being around, still making music, still being into it and doing this podcast. It, it's uh, it's fabulous. Well, I get the feeling that us three should go for a party. That's what I think. I'm in a band now. <laughs> it's called Roxy Music. You know this thing about the 10,000 hours of experience? Oh, yeah, get good at something. When we recorded Arnold Lane, we'd done about 50 hours. The Rock Hunters podcast with Gary Kemp and Guy Pratt. Keep on rocking! Joan. Hello. Lovely to see you. And you? So much for coming on. Pleasure. <laughs> are you, you're not a bumpkins, are you? Or your studio? Um, I, I, I'm at home. Oh. <laughs> but it's 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 such a pleasure to have you on. You know, I mean, you've been in our lives for so long. This is your fiftieth anniversary, isn't it? Yeah, you guys aren't doing too bad either, though. <laughs> <laughs> but we were both we were just saying, Joan, how we we both we can both remember exactly the first time and where we were when we heard Love and Affection. Oh, right. it was such an incredibly powerful record. I was, and it's you know, I remember I bought that album because of it at the age of fourteen, fifteen, when I just you know. I wasn't buying that sort of thing. It was, right. it was fantastic. <laughs> That's right. No, it's, That's right. It, no, it's, it's, it's lovely to hear. I, I now and again get um, people from heavy metal bands saying, this is the record I bought. And I, I just heard, um, I can't remember the name of the band, but it's a very heavy metal, you know, that raw um, thing. And they did a cover of one of my songs, Bad Habits. 
in that, rah, 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 you know, that, oh, really? <laughs> that voice <laughs> when they sound, sound like monsters. <laughs> oh, with a lover, I could really die. Yeah, you know what? It's funny yeah. with that, that track because I bought that, that as well, and I was buying punk at the time, and I wouldn't yeah. have bought Carol King's Tapestry then. That was too much. For you should have. <laughs> yeah, I know I should have done. And I did later. I did later. a lot of time. But there was, you know, the singer-songwriter wasn't really in in my world, you know. But your that record, for some reason, seemed to cross over. It it had, and I think it's something to do with your voice, something to do with the the rawness of emotion that you managed to project in your vocals. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, but when I listen to anybody that I listen to, any record that I listen to, unless it's a particular music that's just about beats, um, it is the voice that you listen to. So if you take your band, you take Spandau Ballet, you take Duran Duran, you take, I don't know, David Bowie, The Stones, whoever you listen to, the first port of call generally is the vocals, because that's the thing that's going to hit you. And if you can connect with the vocal in whatever way, whether you want discord or you want somebody who can't really sing but can express themselves, but there's still the voice that you listen to. If you listen to Bob Dylan, you wouldn't call Bob Dylan the world's best singer, but yeah. when he puts across a song, you believe what he's saying. You know, so I, I, I'm very flattered when people say that to me, but I realise that it's not because it's me, it's because it's the voice. And, and I think that's really important. I think it's the voice, but it's also your persona was something um, because it, it you were very sort of stripped down and, and like you were saying raw in the voice, but very uh, there was something so honest and straightforward about you, which I think, especially as it was at the time of punk and everything, that yeah. made you kind of, you know, that's, we were all looking for kind of truth and reality. I think I have to do it as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to leave that to you just to explain. <laughs> who, who were the singers you aspired to? Because there was, you know, you weren't trying to sing like a big soul singer, like a reefer. In a way, you know that 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 Dylan sounds like a good uh, a, a connection. But but who were the female singers? I wasn't. I wasn't. I was too busy writing my songs. You know, a lot of the people that we talk about weren't people. I started writing when I was fourteen, so that's uh, sixty-four. Well, I started writing earlier than fourteen, so 12, 13, 14. So that's 62, three, four. A lot of the people that we talk about, they weren't there. Um, I, I know Aretha was there, but I wasn't really listening to that kind of music. I wasn't, I mean, I, I, I know Aretha. I, I, I thought she was absolutely, and still do think she was absolutely wonderful. Um, and one of the best voices ever, but I was just too busy doing my own thing to think, let me, be like that person and who was who and it was didn't, it didn't occur to me really who was turning you on who who made you become want my to mom. become a writer Your my mom. mom well oh. well no not to become a writer i was born to do this so nobody said joan write songs because nobody showed me like a lot of people again like a lot of other people nobody showed me nobody said joan why don't you try writing a song this is how you write it this is how you arrange it nobody said that but what happened was when my Dad wouldn't let me play his guitar um, and didn't even want me to touch it. It made me want to play the guitar. But before that, my mum had bought a piano just as a piece of furniture, put it in the front room, and it, literally as soon as the piano came, I started writing songs. And the piano, as you know, it's really easy to play, not in an expert way, but it's really easy to play. You could sit on the piano and it makes a great noise. You see... Jerry Lee Lewis, he'll sit on the piano and it sounds great. Mm -hmm. Elton, different people, they'll sit on yeah, the piano. Yeah, Paul McCartney great. always talks about just, if you want to begin as a songwriter on the piano, just play the white keys, start with yeah. C and just Absolutely. only play the white keys. Yeah, just put your hand anywhere, you're going to make something sound really nice. Or um, do what Brian Ferry does and just play the black keys. Works, yeah. works just as well. Irving <laughs> <Irvin, laughs> Berlin apparently could only play the black keys. and he had a, yeah, he had Everything he ever wrote was in B flat. That yeah. he could adjust the key with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so playing the piano and making up my my songs, and I, 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 I've heard Paul McCartney say this as well. Um, I'm quite good at 
melodies. <laughs> I don't have to struggle <laughs> to get a melody. Um, so when you have, have the piano and you're just playing really simply, coming up with a melody was not a problem for me. And because I used to read a lot of the, the classics, you know, Dylan Dickens and um, Shakespeare and Enid Blyton and <laughs> everybody else, you know, Treasure Island, whatever, um, Mark Twain, I, I would read all of those things. And because I was so into the the language and and how things were expressed, I think the writing just came. Um, and again, I think it was just something that I just had to do. Again, I'm not struggling to do it. But reading those things, I think, helped me to know how to kind of shape words. Um, and then the guitar, as I say, was because my dad um, wouldn't let me play the guitar. So my mom got me the first guitar by swapping it for the two prams. She swapped prams for a guitar. Could you, yes. you gotta explain that? <laughs> yeah, I saw this pram, in, uh, this uh, guitar in a pawn shop. And I said, yeah, can I have that? It costs three pounds. I said, can I have that? She said, we haven't got it. But if they'll swap these two prams for it, you can have it, which I still have the guitar. Um, it, the guitar has no name, no maker. I can't find out who made it. Um, what is it? It's an acoustic. It's a clumsy guitar, but um, it's just a cheap old, yeah, it's just a cheap old guitar, but... I loved it, still love it. If it wasn't for that guitar, I wouldn't be here now. Do you still have <laughs> um, it? So, yeah, my mom is, yeah, I still have it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. My mom is, the when people say who's the inspiration or who's the the person that kind of helped you to start, definitely my mother. Because but, but, one thing I'd like, like want to know about at some point, Joan, is, is but what guitarists do you listen to? Because one thing I think, unless people have seen you live, is because you did a tour of Australia and New Zealand in 2007. It was a double headliner with Brian Ferry. And I was playing for Brian Ferry. And I used to come and All watch right. you. The side of the, I used to come and watch you. At the, you know, an amazing band. Amazing band. John yeah, Giblin. Yeah, yeah. And, and I used to come and watch you at the side of the stage because all of us were in awe at your lead guitar player. You are such a great lead yeah. player. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's not, you don't really sell that. No question. And think. in fact, on the new yeah. uh, on the new DVD, Live at uh, Asylum Chapel, I was watching that the other day. And I mean, I was totally knocked out by the guitar playing. <laughs> yeah, I like playing the guitar. Um, that's that's <laughs> apparent. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really, it's, <laughs> it's one of the reasons I like playing it because I think it's difficult. And it's quite, you, I, I've met lots of people who say, I'd love to play the guitar, but when I start, it's too painful, too difficult. I don't know where I am on the thing. Um, I get blisters, you know, all of those things that would stop somebody from going from week one to week 67 or whatever. Um, but I, I really like playing it. As you say, a lot of people don't seem to put me and playing lead uh, no, because, together. No, because there's singer-songwriter guitar, and then there's playing guitar, you know, yeah. so... Um, but, who were the guitar? Were, were there guitarists you were listening to as well? To uh, well, uh, at the from? point of my first album was nineteen seventy two. At that point, I wasn't listening to guitarists. I was just, you know, when I started writing, I was just writing. Writing was it. I wasn't mm -hmm. listening to anybody. But once I started, and you get past um, seventy two or seventy, and I start to listen. Because I didn't, my first album, the first album I bought was free, which would probably be ah, right. 1970 or something, you know. It's mm. not, it's not. Cost off. Uh, yeah. Cost off, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, but but then when I heard, then my second thing was um, Led Zeppelin, and that's Jimmy Page. And I thought Jimmy Page was just fantastic. And then it was Mountain, and I thought Leslie West was just phenomenal. Yes. Then I like, um, um, uh, Roy Gallagher and I like um, CB Ray Vaughan oh, yeah. and I like um, Muddy Waters. This is a great list. I love this. Yeah, it's a great list. And Martin Offler is still my favourite guitarist. I just think he's just, how he plays is just wonderful. So I can give you a big list of guitarists that, that oh, after go. the fact, I, I really liked. Can, but, I, can um, I just, while, while you're here, Joan, I think it, we, we need to mention Jeff Beck. Who, who just yeah. Yeah. There's another guitarist, and, and, and I saw him live. Fantastic, yeah. That was that's really sad. I mean, we we're all going to go. Don't worry. Once you're born, the only guarantee you've got is you're going to die. Yeah. Um. So we shouldn't be too sad about that because it's it's all of us 
that's our fate. Yeah. But sometimes I think, you know, how wonderful that these people were here to give us this huge talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you hear somebody like Jeff Beck play, the, the melodies, the, the technique, the tones. Um, yeah. And he was, he was a showman, but without being showy, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't, yeah. I thought he was, and, and he's the way he crossed well. over into different music. I mean, I was well, so, so yeah. I used to say he was like he was like the guitar version of hip hop in that there's he would take anything, Danny Boy, Nessum Dormer, yeah, anything, yeah. any you know, nothing was off limit. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's the mark of a talent as well, though. It's yeah. not everybody I, that can I, do that. <laughs> I think I I got to sort of introduce to him via Stevie Wonder, believe it or not, talking oh. book. I think uh, looking for another pure love was the first time I ever heard Jeff Beck right. that I knew well, that, that I knew it was who he was, you know, yeah. as a guitar player. Um, yeah. Let's go back to to your journey, and one of the, the 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 big sort of moments in your life was was doing hair, wasn't it? Because you then met someone like Pam Nestor, who then went on, and you wrote with her. But how do you end up in hair? Well, I ended up in hair because a friend of mine uh, we met on the streets, and he was going to do the audition, and he said, "I'm going to audition for this thing." He didn't tell me what it was; just I'm going to audition for this thing. Uh, just just come with me not to audition just to follow him was this the first um, production and, yes so there was the there was That's the groundbreaking stuff isn't it? yeah there, there was the london cast so the the london cast were already doing their thing um and they wanted a touring version of it so that's what the audition was for so we met he said come with me didn't tell me what it was about but just to come with me i went when we got there another friend of ours was there and the two of them said, well, since you're here, you might as well audition as well. So I auditioned. I got through. They didn't. And, um, and then I found out <laughs> and then I found out what it was. And I really found out what it was when I went to see it for the first time in Manchester. Because once you once you pass the audition, that's when I saw it because it was already in, in production. Um, and then I saw it and I thought, OK, that's what I mean. Let me just state now, there is no amount of money in the entire world or universe that would get me to take my clothes off. So that didn't happen. That's just not going to happen. Um, but the, the the thing itself was great. There was Richard O'Brien in there, Paul Nicholas, Paul Barber. Oh, wow. You know, there was, that was that was the, the, the company. And in fact, uh, uh, Richard was writing the Rocky Horror Show uh, at the time. How cool um, is that? <laughs> yeah. So... Um, so, so it was great, and I really, really enjoyed it. Now, what, what used to happen every day when I was there, I would get up, go into the theater and write. So, and everybody knew that that's what happened. I'd just get up, go into the theater and write, and then everybody would come in later on for the rehearsal and whatever. And because Pam knew that that's what I did, one day she said, uh, I've got some words, could you put this to music for me? And I said, okay, and so I took those words and formed them into lyrics and um uh, and that's how that happened and then uh because as as you know uh, as i've just said i was writing before from the age of 12 13 14 to meeting pam so it wasn't like i was looking for somebody to write with or i you know i was already writing that was what i did and it's because of my obsession with writing that she yeah. said well could you do that so i did that and then the first album came out i did the um Many of the lyrics were Pam's lyrics, my lyrics as well. Obviously, I did all the singing and playing and putting the songs as they, as you know them. Um, and then I, and then I just carried on on my own um, doing what I. Can I? I, I just want to skip back. I just just want one last question on hair. Were you? Did you sing any leads on that, Joan? Um, songs of I, your own. I, no, no, no. I, I, you. The show would open with uh, "When the Moon Is in the Seventh High." So I, I would sing in that, and I played the guitar in it as well. So it was great. I absolutely loved it. But, um, you know, it wasn't something that I thought, let me just continue into this thing, because I was just into writing. I was going to say, you've, you've never gone back to that sort of thing, have no, you? No, because writing no. is, I'm just interested yeah. in writing. Was it originally going to be a duet as with you and Pam, Nesta, or was it always your solo project and Pam was like your Bernie Taupin, if you like? No, Panessa was never my Bernie Taupin. I wrote from the age of 12, 13, 14, until now, 72. 
I wrote my own words. I didn't need, I didn't need somebody to write my I, words. I, I'm I wondering really, if maybe Gary I, means I if that's what she was thinking. That's what she was thinking, perhaps. Really? The time, I, I, I don't, I'm not in somebody else's yeah. mind, so I don't know. But, yeah. but in okay. terms of me, I was, I was a songwriter who wrote words and music, and I wasn't lo looking for somebody to... Pam came to me. I didn't go to Pam. Um, and and it, was, it was it was great. I, I loved Pam. I thought she was a fantastic person, you know, very funny. We had a lot of laughs <laughs> together. Um, yeah. um, but it wasn't... It wasn't um, it wasn't something that I I I was I wasn't struggling with writing words. You had this amazing uh, production team that I mean Gus Dudgeon did it, who was obviously pro yeah. uh, uh, pro producing Elton at the time. In fact, Honky Chateau had been done at Chateau. Do you do you call it Chateau Duraville? How do you pronounce it, Guy? You must you probably know the. <laughs> I don't know. Is it Durville? Durville. Chateau That's Durville? Tess, isn't it? Is that, right? is that right, Joan? How do you pronounce the, the, the <laughs> it's famous French studio? It's one of those. Yeah, and, and yeah. so you went down there, and you actually ended up with Elton's band in a way, didn't you? You got Ray Cooper, David Johnson on it, and Gus producing it. What an incredible sort of um, nest of people to 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 deliver that first record on. Well, I was really lucky to have Gus as my first producer. And part of the luck was uh, Gus realizing that I knew what I was doing. You know, when 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 I, when I go in with a song, it's a song. It's not a here, guys. I've got a, an idea for a chorus, or here's a riff. Can we now extend that? Or I I've got a, an idea for the, no. You hear the song you hear is a song I've written. So where, wherever you hear a verse, a chorus, or whatever, that's what what I've written. If you hear something with really stripped down with just a piano and a guitar, that's what I've written. If you hear something with strings, that's what I want. If you, right, right. so it's not, it's not, and that was the beauty of Gus. Gus didn't say, "Look, John, you know, Elton's the biggest thing on the planet. I'm the person that's doing his productions. Don't you say a word. Let me sort it all out." That that wasn't Gus. Gus was absolutely incredible, and. Um, he knew to allow me to express myself in the same way that, that, you know, I know to allow musicians to express themselves. So even if I, even if I've written a bass part, for instance, I don't say to the bass player, look, I've written ABC in this um, meter, da, da, da. you must therefore play it exactly like that. I don't say that to people. They know that if I did written ABC, da, 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 they can go da, da, da. Or da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They don't have to, and that's so you need people to express their skills. Yeah, let me tell you and now, Guy Pratt would definitely not be listening to you. He would do his own thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely listen. no, but I've 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 got to say I've always enjoyed um, the bass playing on your records. You always you always choose your your players fantastically, and, uh, and it's, it's wonderful. And, and the Asylum Chapel, Jennifer Maidman, it's it's fantastic all the way. Through. Yeah, yeah. Really but but you but as yeah. I say, you need people. No matter what one person does, it's not all about them. You know, as 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 wonderful as love and affection is, and I wrote it, and the thing of it is me without Jimmy Jewell and Dave Maddox and 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 Jerry Donahue, Glenn Jones, who who again knew that I knew what I wanted and wasn't that kind of stifling thing. So you, you need people who have their talents that can express themselves. So, so that's really important. You well, know? that's what, because that's ultimately it's expressing, you know, a unified vision, isn't it? Yeah. So we said, cause, so Joe, because for instance, with love and affection, it's, is how it ended up sounding. Was that kind of what you'd had in your head to begin with? Is that what you were hoping for? Yeah, because, or, yeah. you know, all those... I would do my demos and I would sing parts, but obviously I can't sing as deep as that. So you get somebody who can sing, sing as deep as that. Um, so I, I like to be as organized and as prepared as I can be when I'm writing uh, and, and, and arranging the songs. But, uh, but just to go back again, even though I've done that, musicians will express themselves and will bring themselves to 
the past. I know you, you can't stop them, can you? It's a nightmare. Uh, it's wonderful. You don't <laughs> yeah, have to stop and, them. And, and the thing is, you Jack, and you, no. you've had some, I mean, jumping forward, but we'll come back, but you've had incredible musicians. I mean, you yeah. get in, when you start uh, recording in your own studio, and you've got people like Tony Levin, yeah. uh, Manu Kache, Daryl yeah. Jones, Greg Fillingaines, yeah. Adrian Ballou. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you are, this is, this is Peter Gabriel, Kate Bush world. Um, I just want to, I just want to mention one track uh, people should listen to on that first album, that um, whatever's for us album. It, it's, it could have been better. Yeah. No, that's not me saying the album could have been better. Jake, you know. That's the name of the song. That's a, that's a bold statement, Gary. That's the name of the song. And Elton John apparently said he thought it was one of his favorite. It was one of his favorite songs ever. Uh, but also, you know, there's another track on there called "Visionary Mountains Guide." Yeah. Do you know who covered yes, "Visionary yes, yes, Mountains"? Yes, yes, yes. Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, they did a very long version of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> but that uh, it could have been better is a is a great tune. Yeah, it's a, it's a good song. Thank you. And those, those are lyrics Gus. by Pam. Yeah. Why, why didn't you stick with Gus on the next album? Uh, I think there was a... So I, I made the, the, the Whatever's For Us, and then I, I didn't want to be on Cube anymore, which is what that was on. That was the label mm -hmm. that was on. So there was a, a... Taking myself away from that label. I won't go into what that was about, but it was... I didn't want to be on that yeah. anymore. Did Cube um, have something to do with, with Mark Boland's bug? Um, uh, yeah, Mark Boland was on that label. Fly, Fly was yeah, Fly, it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Fly so was who is it from? So was it through a major, it was through a major label, though, wasn't it? EMI? No. It was no. Um, no. Well, it, it, was, it was its own <coughs> label, as far as I remember. No. And it had Nazareth and, and Boland and whoever, you know, so it had some... Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember if Joe Cocker was on there at one point, but I, I, I maybe got that wrong. But it had people on there that were yeah. doing well. Um, but I, I'm not going right. to get into what right, the thing right, was. Right. But 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 no, no, I, I left there. So so there was a gap between that and uh, Back to the Night came out in '75, and then at that point I'm on A and M, and Jerry Moss, the A, the the M of A and M. Um, signed me to A and M. Actually, um, again, I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But and the, and the A of A and M is Herb. Is Albert, Herb Alpert, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. after, so after um, signing with uh, A and M, then I made the second album, and and things change then, don't they? Things are different. But so, what, go, when you were going to A and M, when you left Cube, what, what, how was that? Was it were, were people queuing up? Was it like? Everyone wanted to give you a deal, or oh, and Jerry Moss. Jerry Moss was yeah. there even kind of even practically before I left. So I didn't. Uh, there was no kind of me having to search for another label. It's Jerry just picked me up. Isn't there, there's a there's a there's an Elkie Brooks connection on your next record, wasn't there? Because it was with is it Peter Gage and who, yeah, who, that's, who managed that's who produced Vinegar Joe. But Elkie was fantastic. Elkie just came and did some cooking, and she was wonderful. I loved Elkie. <laughs> she was really good. She, she, I can see the connection between Elkie's work and yours, though. I can, I can say so, that again. I can see the connection with between Elkie and you as a, as vocalists. I can, I can, really? I can see. I yeah, we'll see only it, be rehearsal of rawness if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 did that take you to America, Joan? That album. Uh, so I went to America in 1973, so it would be before that album. Um, and going to America in 73 would be, in fact, when I went to America for the first time in 73, it was literally just me and Stuart Copeland. And that's Stuart right, Copeland Stuart Copeland was your was, tour manager. Yeah. Is that right? That's, that's right. Yes. <laughs> that's right. And so it, it was just the two of us, that. and I, I was... Um, Stuart wasn't playing or anything. He was just. We saw Stuart just earlier this year. He came to see us play in Los Angeles. Yeah, he came to see us. Uh, right. What a nice man. <laughs> loves, loves Stuart. And, but I'm yeah. surprised was tempted to do a like, you know, like when Elton John used to do the show with just Ray Cooper, sort of with a bit of percussion. So Stuart wasn't tempted to, or you weren't tempted to have him up back. Or did you even know he played? I knew he played, he was, but I'm, he was I'm, curved that's, not, that's not what I was looking for. I'm just yeah. doing my thing. <laughs> was it, was he a, but is he a good tour manager? Um, 
he's a better drummer. Well, no, 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 no. You see, the thing was because it was literally just the two of us. I didn't. He might say something different, but I didn't think of it in terms of Stuart's my tour manager. It was yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. two friends going yeah. and doing these gigs without one of them playing, one of them performing, just me performing. So I didn't think of didn't. You know, we just went about having a laugh or whatever. So, no, I know, I know what you mean because I I did a one man show for years and it, uh, a sort of comedy thing, and it would just be me with the guy who did my production and everything like that. And it's a lovely relationship. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it wasn't a wasn't any kind of a. You'd have to ask Stuart what he thought, but but in terms for me, it was just. Well, we will. <laughs> it was just two people going around, you know, the states, which in in itself is, you know, I'm sure you know. All of us English kids, that your first trip around America is so exciting, isn't it? Well, ex- it? exactly that guy. Because I'm wondering how that influenced you as a writer. Were there, were there, did that change the way you wrote seeing America? Well, you talk about going back to New York to see all the things you didn't see. Um, yeah, that's me writing. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, yeah, that's true. No, yeah. I, I didn't. No, I mean, I, I loved it. I think, I, I think it should be like um, written into law that everybody should go to America. It's a very different place. It, and and each each state is very different, and each city is very different, and the understanding of of Americans for even the rest of America is very different. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite yeah. it's quite incredible how insular uh, Americans are. If you if you mention Paris to an American, they will think you're talking about Texas. So you, you, the, the the Americans, but but at the same time, Americans are very open to change open to innovation, open to self-expression, um, open to people kind of progressing and building themselves up and, and getting um, promotion. And, and they're, they're just into all of that stuff. And that's great. So if you if there's something you want to do, and if you're in another country and people are telling you it's not possible, go to America, they'll tell you, yeah, of course you can do it. That's very true. But we also we have a very unique sort of relationship, Britain and America, with the arts generally, where they'll come up with an art form and it will come over here and we'll go, oh, my God, that's amazing. And then we will filter it and mess around with it and then sell it back to them. (laughs) (laughs) Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. As a writer, though, Joan, um, I think I read somewhere that you, you don't write autobiographically. That, no. Although even though you write mostly in the first person, but stories are your thing. So are you, are you an observer then of people, would you say? Yes, and I've always been that. I've always um, enjoyed looking at people and seeing how they interact with each other, how they treat each other. And... You know, I, I spent my the last fifty years saying um, these songs are about me, not about me. It would be weird to then write everything about myself. You know, you can't say these songs are not personal and then suddenly say, uh, but they're all about me. Yeah, so, I thought that was um, a really good point when you made it. Yeah, because point. it doesn't make any sense. And and also, who on earth would want to write every single song that they write about themselves? I've written hundreds of songs. Really? Come on. Plenty of people. <laughs> <laughs> but although is it true to say? Although because there, there are there are lots of character, but you're, I wouldn't say that people think of you as a character-based songwriter. In that you're 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 an emotional storyteller rather than a sort of situation storyteller. Yeah. Would that be fair? Yeah. To say? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I like to. 
I mean, when I hear people talking about what they do, sometimes they make it sound completely unique, and it's not. Very difficult to be completely unique. So when I talk about I want people to be attached to the songs that I write and I want them to get an emotional connection to it, that's probably what most songwriters want. Nobody is going to write a song and say, I hope nobody connects to this. I hope they don't think this is part of how they think. You know, nobody's going to do that. So we're all trying to connect with people. We're all trying to give people an experience and, and, and help them to express things that they can't necessarily express for themselves. Um, and that's why we admire novelists and people who can write, you know, great stories, because yeah. they're helping to express something that most of us know we can't do, you know. Yes. Um, I can write a, loads of songs, I write hundreds of songs, but can I write a book? Do I know how to to do that? I don't know. I've never done it. Yeah, so. that's, it's such a different talent, isn't it? But, yeah. it's all, but, but what's beautiful is, you know, sort of... I, and you're fantastic at this. It is it is the whole point of songwriting as opposed to novel writing or something is is the distilling, isn't it? It's the paraphrasing. Yeah. It's taking something and reducing it to just a few words, you know. Yeah, yeah. And someone being able to go, you know. And it must be great. I mean, you 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 obviously know that people are getting that from your work, and that in itself must be fantastically satisfying. Yeah, no, it's it's great because people tell me, and I'm sure Gary gets the same thing. People tell me this song has helped me to. Even, even for themselves, it was helping me to express this feeling that I had that I couldn't quite put my finger on. Um, yes. And it's wonderful. You become a voice I've, for I've had, Yeah, I, I've had people say, I, I did an interview with this chap in Europe once, and he said, John, I'm going to um, propose to my girlfriend once we've done this <laughs> uh, interview, and I'm going to use your songs. You know, oh, you can't get better, oh, really. Oh. Joe, I've got to, I want to mention this, because in 1974, apparently, you were on the front cover of Spare Rib. Yeah, uh, which was obviously the feminist uh, paper at the time, and and I and you know, people now can't imagine what it was like then. But to be a to be a woman and competing in this world of of, of rock music with with such a male dominant. I mean, you know, we deal in rock music as, as on our show, rock on tours, and you know, it's mostly blokes. Yeah, and. Which- you know they Which we, they we don't like at all yeah, but they're the ones who will, they wield they were wielding the power in that period in the 70s yeah. and yeah i i'm i'm you know i always think i'm like the last person to talk about anything to do with music because i haven't got a clue what's going on i mean um my experience of of uh, pop music and the pop music world is very limited i'm not a I don't mix in the way that you're supposed to. Um, but did you feel uh, you were, so, it was harder for you that you were treated differently because you were a woman at that time? No, it wasn't. That's what that's what I mean. You see, that's that's right. what I'm saying. I didn't find any harder for me part of it. I was just doing what I was doing. So if it was happening, it was happening without me. I was just writing my songs, playing my songs, get getting on with it. The only part that I would say. I noticed uh, properly was if I would ask a guitarist, how do you do this? How do you play? How do you play that particular technique? What's that? And not one of them would tell me. They'd say, oh, uh, you know, no, mo- yeah, they'd say, oh, most most men don't even get to that stage. Or in order to show you that, you need to know this. If I show you this bit, you need to know this bit first. Or that's really difficult, but you know maybe one day you'll get there. So all my playing and my stuff, no, is I'm on my own. No, nobody would show me, and I found that really interesting. Because you weren't in the gang, as it were. There was a level of condescension. Yeah, mansplaining. Yeah, but I could never understand why. Why wouldn't you show? Why wouldn't you show me that? It wasn't. You I know. think guitarists don't like to show anyone anything because they all like. To do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't, I think it's more to do with that. I mean, the, what, what what happens now in your career? In I think we're in 1976. Is is you end up with what is really the great marriage musically in in 
in in your story, which is you and, and Glyn Johns, Glyn Glyn Johns, Johns yes, yeah. do three yeah, albums absolutely. with Glyn. And of course, we're all totally obsessed with Glyn Johns now after seeing the Get Back documentary. <laughs> and how amazing how cool he looked. Look? Was he dressed Has there up? ever been an engineer producer that you wanted to dress like? Exactly. Oh my goodness. He, he how cool. A, Pop star, rock star, fashionista. Yeah. I mean, he was just great. What was he like to work with? Oh, Glenn was fantastic. I was waiting for to go nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gus and Glenn, how lucky am I that I had these two people in my life and working Sorry, with? How lucky are they? Sorry, but you know, this goes both ways. Uh, oh, it goes both ways, but I'm just talking yeah. from my side and from I, no, my I, side. I know you, I know. I'm yeah, sorry, no, Gu no. Gus and Glenn, just sorry. absolutely wonderful. And G Glenn, still wonderful. Um, Gus, I was friends with from the day we made uh, the album to the day he died. Um, and Glenn, I'm still friends with. And, you know, it's the two, it, and, we, and we're talking about a talent because they both had a talent. They both got this thing. Um, they know how to manipulate sound. They know how to deal with people, because that's very important in the studio that you deal with the musicians in a uh, a kind of a caring way, if you like. You know, I, I don't think you need to be shouty-shouty to people to get the best out of them. Um, so did Glyn come you just to need you? just a nice atmosphere. Yeah, did, did, were you and Glenn? Did, did you do go? Did you have a meeting with Glenn and you went right now? Here's down to zero. Here's love and affection. Here are these songs, and he just sort of stood there with his jaw hitting the ground. Well, in terms of presenting the songs, yes, those that's because, as I say, when I write the song, it's written. So there's no okay. Everybody in the studio, here's a here's a here's a little bit of a verse. Now let's make it the song. No, there's none of that. That, that, that I've written the song. Um, but when Glenn met me first, and he could tell you the story himself, uh, he came to America to see me in a, a theatre, and he said he thought about, he couldn't see what the record company was talking about because they were the ones who said, um, you know, go and see Joan and maybe you could produce it. But he couldn't see it, and he said the sound was horrible. I wasn't talking to the audience. Uh, he just thought, nah, it's not for me. So he went back and said to the um, to the record company, no, sorry, I'm not interested. And they said, you're wrong. You should meet Joan one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so we met and I played a couple of things and then he changed his mind. <laughs> and then we, we worked together. Um, and it was absolutely fantastic. And again, you have to mention the musicians on the album because that thing of the album working as well as it works, of course, ultimately, everybody to work together to make that thing uh, end up the way it ends up and so um we and so the reason that it, that it works is because we're all working together and we all knew at the time of making that record that we had made something that was really good everybody knew and felt you guys must have gone through the same thing you you, you know in a room. did you all what did they all stand around and sort of listen to the songs and then they had a, you had a great line. You had Kenny, Kenny Jones playing drums. Kenny Jones, yeah. Kenny Gallagher and Lyle. Lyle. That's Graham Lyle. Yeah. Graham Lyle. Yeah. Who's Gallagher and Lyle, right, guys? Have I got that right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Clark Peters. Clark yeah. Peters. He's, 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 he's the bass voice. He's the bass voice on Dominic. Well, hang on. And Clark on, Peters was yeah. kind of in my family story in that uh, my wife's father produced Bubbling Brown Sugar. Right. <laughs> is that the same Clark oh, Peters? Yeah. Have I got yes, that right? Yes, he's, yeah, he's, 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 yeah. He wrote, yeah. wrote Five Guys Called Mo. Five, was in the five Guys Called Mo. Great. He's yeah. best friends with my brother-in-law. Yeah, he yeah. was. His name is Pete Clark, and when he went went to the uh, Equity, there was already a Pete Clark, so he had to change his name to Clark no. Peters. <laughs> but it's quite funny true. if you had a Peter Clark and a Clark Peters, you'd know, say which one's the American? It's obviously Clark Peters. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously Clark Peters. Do you know what else? I think Glyn uh, John's choosing Dave Mattox was was brilliant. Well, Glyn shows so all the Glyn shows. Uh, next question was yes, uh, where the musicians came from. Glyn shows all the musicians apart from Pete, who I wanted this bass voice, and that goes for all the albums that I do, unless I'm playing everything myself. All the albums that I make, somebody else will tell me who the musicians uh, suggest the musicians. So it'll be the producer, it'll be 
it'll be Gus who'll say these are musicians that uh, we should work with, or or Glenn, or um, um, oh, Richard Goddard, or whoever it is, because I don't know anybody. You did. You did actually. And about 1990, Joan, you did actually call me up about doing something. I did. And yeah. And it was it was you personally. Okay, I was I was absolutely gobsmacked, and I I couldn't do it, or something went wrong. Nineteen ninety. Yeah, but around nineteen ninety, eighty nine, ninety. Yeah, well, I, I remember. I spoke to you on the phone. Was it was it the plumbing she needed? She was looking for a plumber. So so if I mistake, so so you so you have. So if I called you, it would it's, and. Uh, Maybe it was for a tour. Maybe it was for a tour. Well, it would more than likely be somebody's suggestion because I yeah. generally don't know anybody. So, um, so, so yeah. it's always the producer that's that recommends right. uh, people to me. Anyway, well, it was very nice of you to call, and I'm thank I you. Was incredibly <laughs> but I tell you who else? Call, I tell you who else called a guy. Oh. Not a bit, a bit earlier than that, but called, called her, not you, not you, um, not the other way around. Was Bob Dylan? Got in touch with you, That's didn't he, right, Joe? Yes, in, uh, in just uh, just in the in the in the late seventies, didn't he? Seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Yeah. For Tell Black us about Bush, that. Bush, yes, all the people. Uh, I didn't personally get the call, but he. All the people on Blackbush were people that Bob Dylan wanted. So there's myself, Eric Clapton, um, Graham Parker. Yeah. Yeah. What late, was Blackbush? Um, what was Blackbush? This. This. Yeah. Blackbush. Edge. Air Joe. Air thing. Um, and uh, I think it still holds the record for the amount of people at a, a person's gig, no, because it wasn't a festival, it was his gig. And that's where I met Ringo for the first time. Um, first, I think I think Ringo was probably the first Beatle I met. <laughs> <laughs> how was, was how nice. was Dylan? How was Bob? Did he knew your work? Lovely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he he chose people that he like. In fact, I think he in one of his books that he mentions me in one of his books in, in a line saying she does something like Joanna Machining or something. I don't know. Um, no, he was he was he was great. He was very friendly, very you know, just like a normal person, just super talented. That's all. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't want to, no, 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 no. Don't want to hear that. <laughs> what was it like when you first heard about that? Was that like sort of I, I, I don't know how important Dylan was to you? Was it like being anointed? You know that that's that's only a few people, right? He's only for this people. gig, and you're one of them. Yeah, no, it, Come on. It, it no, it felt great. Obviously, yeah, yeah it felt, felt felt great. <laughs> sorry, He's being modest sorry, yeah. about this. <laughs> it's not see. a great question. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. The, the, I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, and I know I'm not supposed to say this, but I'm not starstruck. What I do is I appreciate people. And I appreciate people and their talents. And I think how incredibly talented are you? My goodness, you were given that gift and look how you've used it. And I just go on that. I don't think you're not of this earth. <laughs> because yeah, but are. I can we're, imagine as well when you people. get there. Yeah. You're just you're just nervous, you know. You're like all of us. You'd be just like concentrating on your own performance. You're not really. Yeah, that's thinking. right. I'm not I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous to meet people, so I'm nervous to go on stage because the people I'm going to meet are going to be many and they're all going to be looking at me and saying, OK, what can you do? And I have to make sure that I live up to what they think I can do. Uh, so I, I try my best with that. But in terms of meeting people one on one or whatever, they're just people. When you went out on tour, Ta talented, with... don't get me wrong, you know, geniuses. My goodness, you know, as I say, how, right. how amazing are you? And I love that you're here to, to show us this. When you went out on tour, did you, did you get to, with these albums, did you get to take the musicians that were working with you on the album? Or was that a whole reinvention you have to do? Yeah, in general, no, it'd be the different musicians. Because a lot of the musicians were session musicians. What you were very clever at, Joan was was working your way into the eighties, weren't you? Because <laughs> because there was definitely a different sound. You know, me myself, I you know, I mean, you've got Chris Bedding is on that yes! record, isn't he? Yeah, we love Chris. Chris came on the show a, a few months ago. Right, uh, but that was uh, I can't Chris remember. Chris was who... on that tour in Australia. Who produced that? Um... Richard Goddard. Yeah, Richard and, Goddard. And was there a sense? Was that you wanting to sort of? There was never a sense of record companies saying, look, Joan, you've got to kind of like change this or change that. No, 
get a bit no. more electronic or because there was no. an album later on you had Tom Dolby on it you know yeah no what 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 you hear is what I've written it's not anybody telling me do this do that I just write what I want I use what I want synthesizers are in so I wrote I'm lucky you know because that's what what I was doing um so there's nobody saying make this more rock or make this more synth or make this more acoustic what I, I, I'm the one that will will uh, will do whatever you hear on the, the record. Like, cause sorry, yeah, cause me myself, I you've you've based you got half the E Street band on here. Yeah, yeah. And it's Paul Sh- Paul Schaffer, Clarence Clement. Yeah, yeah, Clarence. Oh, Marcus uh, yeah. Miller. Yeah, Marcus. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. All lovely you're people. All the bass players, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, if you're letting Paul other Schaefer. people choose for you, you're very, very lucky. <laughs> well, no, it's because, right. it's, be- it's because they're very talented. Yeah. The people who are choosing yeah. are very talented and they know other talented people. That That's, I mean, for me, if I was to choose everybody all the time, well, I don't know, but I might just stick with certain people. And I love change. And that's why I would change my band as well, because I love change. I love seeing what other people can do and it's really nice so it's great to have people who know what they're doing and they can say look here's this bass player that i've been working with on this particular thing he's wonderful i think he could work with you or he's wonderful for this project but maybe not for that do you know what i mean so it's really nice and i'm very happy to let let people show me new new musicians not worry at all because on walk under ladders you've got an amazingly eclectic group of musicians, I mean, it's, you know, like Tony Levin, Robbie Shakespeare. Tony. I mean, you really have got all yeah. those. Andy guys. Partridge <laughs> plays Andy guitar. Andy Partridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did what's tell again? Us about that? Again, Steve Lillywhite would have said, you know, how about these guys? Yeah. So it's not I'm, all I do is write songs. I write and arrange and and sing it and arrange it and whatever. But uh, I'm not the person that's going to say have that person play on it. But if they come yeah. in and you don't like what they've done or you don't think it's working oh, out, yeah. obviously. They're off. <laughs> they're off. Can I just step, can I just step of course. <laughs> this period of time, all the way from America, what a song that is. Yeah, what a, what a song. Where, where did that come from? And in fact, you're, the Asylum Chapel version of that is really lovely. Where did that come oh. from, Joan? That came from when I was in America, uh, there was this chap who um, was kind of trying to, get me to go out with him and I came back to Britain um and he would not stop calling <laughs> so, so that's actually where all the way from America comes from <laughs> right 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 <laughs> you do change producers quite a bit because by the time you get to the key and drop the pilot you've got you've got a, a different producer yeah. completely again drop the pilot another I mean, it's just classic after classic, isn't it? As 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 you're going from, you're already now ten years into your more than ten years into your career, and you're managing yeah. to sort of um, roll with the punches of what's going on in 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 different styles and genres. You know, we all know the changes that happened in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, you know, and but you're managing to stay in the game. Was there ever a sense of that that you you couldn't just plow your own? furrow you had to be staying in the game that was and inspired by the changes that were going on around you well the the for me the changes were, that were going around were the technical changes so you'd have a period where it was very acoustic and then you'd have a period where it was very uh, lots of synths and because i'm interested in technology i'm interested in you know what the what the uh, current technology is for music I'm going to use that. So that's why you have synth things when it's synth time, because that's what it is. So I would start off with, when I was writing, I had my my little cassette. Then I got my two track, then my four track, eight track, 16 track, 24 track. And then it became a computer. So I got my um, uh, Cubase and, you know, then I got my Logic and, you know, so everything that's happening, I just work with what the technology is. And the technology will tell you it's time for um, aggressive guitar playing or something because mm-hmm. that's the technology. The different plugins are coming in or whatever, different effects. and the, um, So you had lots of 
you know, there was a point where there was lots of reverb and echo and stuff like that and delays on things. Um, so I would just go with that rather than, so if you, if you notice my music, it's not necessarily trying to be whatever the style is, it's, but it's definitely whatever the technology thing is. The, the, yeah. Did you ever splash out on a Fairlight? No, I didn't. Well done. Very few people are that. <laughs> Very few people are happy about that investment. But you, you, did you fundamentally sit at a piano or a guitar to write a song? Is, and, and then go to the arrangements for yourself? Yeah, I always write the song first because I need to know that I can play the song as a song. Um, so even now, I still write on the guitar and the piano. I write on the phone, the iPhone, uh, now instead of the cassette or whatever, uh, so I'll put a lot of stuff down on the 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 uh, the iPhone, um, and then then I'll go to Logic and then I'll uh, sing the song, do the arrangements. Um, but it, I think it's important to if you're writing a song that you can play the song. So if somebody said, "Can you play whatever it is on its own?" It sounds like that song still. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that that's another word because what you what you just said about you you know you your songs are your songs but the, but the, the recordings can be affected by the technology of what's happening at the time. So but mm -hmm. do you have because you know your records do tend to be very beautifully produced? Do you have a, a sense when you're in the studio of thinking, am I going to be able to translate this this production, not the song, but this production to life? No, because I know the song will be all right. Yeah. Strong, as long strong, as the song is working, doesn't rely on the yeah. on the instrumentation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So if 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 you have the, I don't know, take something like um, say say take something like heading back to New York City, which is very, uh, um, electric guitar riff driven. I could still play that on the acoustic and have it yeah, sound yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, um, did you know, guy, that Joan is on a Queen record? <laughs> uh, I, 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 I did, but if, if it's better for the show, I'll say no, I did No, no, you did, but then you did. But I didn't until yesterday. I didn't until yesterday. Um, I can't even remember what album, what album it's on. I can't remember what it's on, but I just know it's... it's, it's a Kind of Magic. It's on A Kind of Magic, 1986. There you go. What I'll was... tell you how that happened. Uh, I'll... Uh, we were at the townhouse. I was, I must have been doing, um, I must have been doing uh, the key maybe, uh, or walk on the ladders maybe. Um, anyway, we were at the townhouse together, and Roger Taylor came into the studio and said, Joan, we're just doing this track. Do you want to come in and just speak these words for me? And so I said, get out of here. What do you mean going to come in and interrupt me? No, I said, I said, yeah, of course. So I went went over and I did the thing that he asked me to do and then um, went back to the studio. That that was it. And it was great. It was, you know, and Roger, I love Roger. He's so nice. He's lovely, yeah. All those, I mean, I, I I never met Freddie, but I've met Roger and, and um Right, man. Lovely people. So nice. Talking about meeting, um, you were doing walk under ladders because if you're at the townhouse, yeah. if you're working with Steve Lillywhite, you're definitely at the townhouse. It was a townhouse. Talking yeah. about <laughs> meeting lovely people, I met you, Joan, but you probably don't remember. I met you at a prince's. Not that I'm a lovely person. I mean, you're the lovely person. <laughs> I met you. I met you at Air Studios, I think, with 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 right. Prince Charles and and Princess Diana. Does that? ring a bell oh yeah 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 it, it was it was for the prince's trust and it was a kind of thank yeah. you to people who had been involved in the prince's That's trust right. and i remember it was at air studios in oxford street right guy you, so what happens was that the cars all pull up the limos and the artists <laughs> all get out and they wave at the at the crowd that's formed and at the press and the photographers there were even snipers on the roof right on the on the roofs because obviously this is royalty in, ca in case you got out of hand yeah and you wave <laughs> and then you turn and you walk into air studios right mm. so we all got out of our car a little bit up the street because the queue was backing up and we walk up the street spandau ballet and we turn we wave at the photographers and all the fans and we we turn around we walk in to dulce's shoe shop <laughs> <laughs> Which, which has a little door that goes inside before the main door. And we walk in and push the door. And of course, it was shut at that point. <laughs> and I could hear people in the crowd going, they've walked into Dulce's. 
They've gone. They're not even, you know. So it was a very embarrassing moment. But I did get to meet. I've got a photograph. My it was a photograph of us all lined up with that my my mum and dad had hanging on their living room wall, for right. until they died. And I have it now. Yeah. No, that was. Yeah, I remember that. And 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 I I've been involved with the Printers Trust since uh, since eighty three, and um, was a. Uh, uh, an ambassador for a while and, and I'm now one of the trustees of the trust and I just think the king now um, when he started the Princess Trust the, the work that the trust does is quite phenomenal it's absolutely incredible that that not only have they saved as as he saved lives um, but has helped people to kind of make their fortune and you know, helped with businesses helped with just self um self-acknowledging that they are capable of doing things you know because quite a lot of the people who uh the trust has helped had had no confidence in their abilities and the trust has helped them to realize that they're worth it <laughs> and they can do stuff um and that's that's a pretty valuable thing it's a priceless thing actually to have somebody have confidence so um I, i'm really quite proud to be a part of the trust Brilliant. No, I couldn't agree with that more. I, I, actually, Joan, I'm currently, I'm up in Yorkshire. I'm with my missus, Georgia Bing, as a children's author. And she, she's doing a tour of primary schools, just telling children they can write. Um, they, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, also, yeah. I mean, I, 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 absolutely. I believe that it's important for each person to know for themselves how good they are. I, I, I don't believe that you need to wait for somebody to tell you how good you are. But if you don't have the confidence to know that for yourself, then you do yeah. need somebody to help you to know that you can do it. And I just watched a program with this um, jewelry maker girl, and she obviously knew she could make jewelry because she was making it and, and selling it, but not, um, not in the quantities that she needed. But having come onto this program in this kind of, thing that they help you and mentor you and then they tell her you're wonderful you've done this look how great this thing is and she burst into tears and the, the reason she burst into tears was because somebody was telling her how good she was mm -hmm. and I, I thought that was so sweet um yeah. and i was really happy for her that she finally got the confirmation that she needed that she was good so that that was that was great and sometimes if you if you haven't got the strength to to do it yourself then you do need people to help you. Uh, what we never mentioned in our introduction, Joan, was you've, you've had three Grammy nominations. I think one of those, mm -hmm. wasn't one of those quite unique? Wasn't it one of the first British? Yeah. Art? What was that? Yeah, that was for um, Into the Blues. So it was first female artist for um, to be nominated in the blues category. First female artist to debut at number one. That's amazing. With the blues, uh, yeah. You've you got a lot of firsts, Joan. That must be a I, good I do feeling. I have a lot of firsts. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a nice feeling. So, but to yeah. still be knocking down, you know, opening doors, as it were. Knocking and, down and opening. And, I mean, yeah. yeah whatever, whatever. Sometimes knocking, sometimes you're not, sometimes you kick <laughs> them in. Kicking down doors. Um, and, and, and doing, and also you, you got Women of the Year Award last year, didn't you? Yeah, I got Women of the Year Award. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, it's great to get um, people telling you we admire this thing about you. This is the only way we can express it here. Have this award or have this nomination. It's a wonderful thing. Sometimes I hear people say it doesn't matter. I think it does because it's it's expression, isn't it? It's people expressing it matters. something. It's, it's a fantastic thing. It's a nice thing. thing. But there's there's a thing. Yeah, it's I've, great. A thing I read about Joan about you that apparently was it very early on, either someone at the record company or somewhere said you should wear a dress and change your name, whatever, and and oh, yeah. and you said no. Now, yeah. looking back, do you think it's probably a really good thing that that happened to you, that you managed because you said no then, and 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 sort of then found out really early on that you could just be yourself, you know, be the person you wanted to be. I mean, it's not it's not because of record companies telling me. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. To do something. No, I, I, no, I, I know, but what I'm, what I'm saying is the opposite of that, the, the, the very fact that someone said that and you said no made you aware that, you know, that you could say no. And yeah. just be that. No, I've always known I could okay. say no. Good. All right, good. 
But that's not something I learned in the. That's not something I learned in the music business. Oh, I'm not I've been learning. I don't could... mean learning. I just no, no. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. But uh, but I. He's do... looking for a moment I... in the movie when they uh, do the, when it, they do your biopic, right. Joan. Yeah, that's it. No, no. <laughs> and I, I play you. What... No. <laughs> this is the, 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 the what this thing that you see is this thing that's always been. We should mention your book of lyrics, which has just come out. The weakness in oh, yeah, the me. The weakness in me. Looks like a yeah. beautiful thing, and and a- it's really good. Yeah, absolutely, a fantastic thing to be uh, to be delivering to us now. Is it? Is, is that? Um, has it got a, a, a nice introduction by anyone that we should mention? Or Glyn uh, Johns' oh. <laughs> introduction <Beautiful. laughs> was really nice. And the way that came about was, I mean, I, I, it would not have entered my head to do a book of my lyrics. Uh, so Faber and Faber came to me and said we'd like to do a book of your lyrics. So that was great when they said that. And I thought, oh, actually, that's a really good idea. I kind of wish I'd thought of it. <laughs> um, um, yes, and, because and Faber, so... Faber did Kate Bush the year before, didn't they? So that's, yeah. you know, this is great company you're in. Yeah, and, and they've done, I think they did the Pet Shop Boys and the different people they've done. Um, I actually wasn't aware that, that it didn't be, had been done. And, and um, so they came and said, what do you think? And I, I thought, right, that's, 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 that's quite nice. Um, and it's it's a really, it's a lovely looking book. Um, and people seem to have taken to it, which I'm really pleased about. It's been lovely having you on, Joan. Thank you so yes. much for coming mm. on. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not pop star, rock star enough. You what? are what are you Joan. You are Joan Armour trading, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, you've been in my life for 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, you've delivered, you know, you've been in my, you know, my record collection and in our world. And Guy and I have uh, are more than honoured to have you on, even Absolutely. though you can't tell us stories of sort of cocaine nights with, uh, you know, Eddie, wherever it might be. <laughs> uh, we are, we are, we are more than happy to listen to your story because it's, it's, it's so it's inspiring. Been, that is a real, it's a real honour to have you, Joan. It really is. Excellent. You are, Thank you. Know. Very nice 50 to talk years, to you we're, we're tipping into 51 now. Come on, it's 23. We are. That's right. Are you going Fantastic. on the road? No, I, I, the last tour was 2018, and I decided in, in, in like 2014, 15, that 2018 would kind of be the last time I did any big tours. So, uh, and I did the, the, the live stream in 2021 because I knew I wasn't going to go on tour in, in that way anymore not that i'm not never going to do another live show but i just don't want to be on the road so there's no plans at the moment to, to do any um touring well but i would advise everyone to go and check out live at the asylum chapel because it really is fantastic yeah and I'll keep an eye on her website in case she changes her mind yeah <laughs> <laughs> joan what a pleasure what a great pleasure to have you on thank Real you pleasure. so much thank you thank you very much thank you for asking me yes what a story what a story. What a what a woman. I mean, Fantastic. one thing she never mentioned is how her St. Kitts and Bart's, I think she comes from there. That's right, yeah. She came over on a plane uh, on her own when she was seven years old. Because her parents had already gone to Birmingham. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? That You can see the independence would have started with that story, I guess. But no, she was wonderful and, and, and so bubbly and fun. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But with, with, so, with so much... She's youthful. So much youthful. Yeah. I mean, you know been 50 years and still youthful still passionate okay so listen thank you so much to uh, ben jones for producing for gimme sugar and uh, anyone else who helps us get this thing together and finds us lovely people to talk to and i think we've got someone good next week haven't we we've got something very good next week we've got someone good every week come on yeah yeah i'm gonna try and turn how do we do it, it. how do we do it that's what <laughs> i want well know. you're gonna be doing it from some manor house in the north I, in north yorkshire somewhere weird are you or something <laughs> i thought i don't know I, um or for a i bit. might be in i don't know where i am next week it's funny it's it's a it's boat, actually more manic than a boat sources. off of whitby <laughs> <laughs> in a yes, coffin with a, a coffin in holes <laughs> with, with earth keeps sticking i look of. forward to your next uh <laughs> next location locale locale all right all the best it's good night for me Good night from them. Rock on Tours is produced by Gimme Sugar Productions for Warner Music Group UK. Mm-hmm.